Hello and good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the new episode of X Vlog Live. I am your host, Mr. Boomstick XL. And today, ladies and gentlemen, I am here with someone who has not only the best hair in the business, but always seems to make news wherever he goes. Jeff Grubb, brother, thank you so much for hanging out. Uh, I, I was telling you in the green room how big of a fan I am of what you and Mike do on your show. I know that recently you have teamed up with Giant Bomb, and I used to be a huge, huge fan of theirs uh, in your game mess. And uh, listen, and I appreciate you taking an hour out of your very busy day because we, like we were saying moments, moments ago, we're starting to roll into the very, very busy time of gaming. So I'm glad I got you early. How are you? I'm I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. I, I really appreciate it. This is uh, uh, something I'm looking forward to. Uh, yeah, I'm like, um, yeah, I'll spend an hour talking about games on a Wednesday morning. Let's do it. <laughs> well, I definitely appreciate it. Now, listen, folks, we're going to rip the Band-Aid off and we're going to go right into it. And uh, before we even get started. I really got to say a big thank you to Joe Schmo on Twitter, and it's at In The Cut on Twitter. Uh, he had posted something regarding an interview that was just done with Juan Fernandez. Now, if you don't know that name, if you're not familiar with that name, you probably want to know uh, he is the combat designer for both Hellblade 1, and now he's back at Ninja Theory on Hellblade 2. But he also spent three years at uh, Playground Games working on the combat for the Fable reboot. I have a couple of quotes uh, that I want to get into that really open up what is going on at both of these studios. And then we will uh, you know, talk to Jeff and get his opinion on it. And here is the first quote from Juan Fernandez. And this one should very much excite you if you are a fan of fable and you are and you have high hopes for the reboot that is coming from playground games and he says this it's been a super nice three years and i think fable is a super super interesting ip the game has incredible potential and there's really a, there's a really good team inside it is the best thing that Playground has done in years that I've seen, and the people there have the equipment necessary. Uh, he also goes on to say where when he's talking about where he's currently. Now, he's currently at Ninja Theory. He left after – he likes to move around. He feels that for him, it's his creativity uh, is uh, it gets stagnant any place more than a, a couple of years. So he's always looking to move on to the next bigger thing. And obviously, he's an artist, and he's a creator, and we hear that more often than not. But right now, folks, he's at Ninja Theory, and he's helping with the combat in Hellblade 2. And here is what he had to say. We are raising the bar of doing more with less. We are more people than with the first Hellblade, but the quality that we are giving versus the team behind compared to similar ones, I think it's through the roof. What I like about Hellblade 2 is that it's a very unique approach. I think it's going to have an impact like Hellblade 1. Now, Jeff, I got to bring this to you. These, This is coming from someone that has that is currently working with Ninja Theory, has worked with them in the past, has worked, spent three years working on Fable, and obviously he's not going to dump on the game, but just yeah. based on his long history. I mean, he he worked on a game from Tequila Softworks. about the, it, was, it was like a Metrovania game that was a side-scroller about zombies. And it was my favorite summer of arcade game of all of them. And his history in the business is long, and he has worked on a ton of stuff. For me, as someone who, who thinks that both Hellblade 2 and Fable Reboot are incredibly important for Microsoft to kind of shed that we can't deliver the over-the-shoulder, third-person, story-driven, uh, you know, quality graphics game, when you hear what he's having to say, you know, like, are you excited to have these games potentially shown at E3 and even more so released in the next year or two? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, you, you said it. He's, he's working on the game. He's not going to not going to downplay them and he's going to uh, sort of uh, 
maybe overstate the quality, but for the most part, you when you hear, when you talk to someone who's working on a game, what do you want to hear? You want to hear that they're excited. You want to hear that they are uh, that they're they are being creatively challenged and that they are finding ways to uh, express themselves in new and exciting ways. And that's all that I hear from this. This is like, oh yeah, the, we are taking this on, and it is uh, it's a challenge, and we're doing more with less. I, I love those kinds of things. I, that's uh, exactly what I want to hear from from people working on on their games. I don't want to hear that. Uh, we are following a formula and we're just doing the thing we did last time. Uh, I, I think, you know, for the, for the most part, most most studios are all looking to do this exact thing. But uh, when people are able to come out and say that, it's real nice. And of course, it's video games, so they are never allowed to speak in specifics. We always get vagaries. But uh, still, I mean, honestly, people talking about the games they're working on is so, so rare these days. Um, unless, you know, they are at the very tippy top and it's like E3 marketing season uh, that any sort of, uh, talk about what it's like to actually be in there in the trenches and working on something is really nice it's like a relief almost like oh yeah there are human beings working on this stuff it's nice to like hear from them uh so i, I don't know this does get me pretty excited i, I thought that that hellblade um uh, a gameplay thing that they showed a few months back was like, that looked real good and uh I i'm like okay you know more of that please i would like to see more of that please i was not the the first hellblade was not for me i, I don't know if the second one will be as well but from what they've shown, at least, I am impressed with what they are putting out there in terms of, like, this is what we're going for with this game. And then, uh, as far as Fable goes, I don't know. To me, Playground is sort of one of those uh, gilded studios that kind of can do no wrong until they do something wrong. And maybe this is a uh, maybe this is a, a, a genre that will be challenging because it's something new to them. But for the most part, I, I bet that there's a lot of people who have always wanted to make this exact game and are uh, are coming in hot, ready to make it happen. Yeah, I, I I think that these games, you know, remember both both of the uh, you know these studios were announced in 2018 during Phil Spencer's uh, E3 delivery, and uh, we have been waiting to see, and we kind of all knew then that you know it was going to take years for these yeah. games to be delivered. I mean, that's just the way game development. If you want a quality game, if you look at like Sony, for instance. Sony takes five to six years to deliver their titles, but when they deliver them, for the most part, they are flawless pieces of artwork. We've and then the sequels take like four years, right? Like we're getting established a lot with a lot of these yeah. studios and stuff. So it makes sense. Yeah. So if, for me, looking at, you know, their pedigree, because that's a certainly important. Hellblade 1 was made with, I believe, 20, 16 or 20 people. And that game, again, not for everyone. I think I think the combat was very, uh, very, you know, very similar in its nature. A lot of the puzzles were very difficult. Like a lot of times I had to actually have ask my wife to come in from look at a third eye and, um, you know, and, and say, hey, listen, can you see the puzzle? Because I don't see it. Um, so I, I, you know, having this fight coordinator come in and return to the studio and he and he has these high these high marks to say about how the combat and 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 the quality I, I love that we're doing more with less i think that is incredibly important to the conversation because you know that team just knows how to pull out quality with not having you know 300 people working on the game i think that's incredibly important um so you know I, what i want to ask you jeff is you know from a fan's perspective but more so from a journalistic perspective how important do you find these two games are to xbox game studios yeah i i think that they are they're 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 important i mean i think everything that they're putting out is important because the microsoft is still in that statement mode where uh uh they are trying to define uh their voice they're trying to define the voice of game pass for sure uh and uh you know i, I even even when it's like um so to that end, every game is important. And I don't mean just like every game that's coming to Xbox Game Pass or or even Xbox. Like when you put out uh, 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 Ghostwire Tokyo on PlayStation 5, uh, I am totally holding Microsoft responsible for the quality of that game. And it comes in, it's like, okay, we're in the 70 Metacritic. That is, I think that's a miss. And I think that's uh, uh, something that... You know, you know, they clearly delayed it, tried to get it up as as, as good as possible, and, it, and they didn't quite get over the finish line. And so it's like, yeah. I think to me, every game they put out, no matter what the circumstances, matters. Now, when you are talking about games, though, that have had previous successes or from studios that have, have had 
uh, games that people uh, consider their game of the year. So, you know, Fable's case, we got Playground Games with with, uh, with Forza Horizon 5 that people love, they truly, truly love. Uh, and then you have Hellblade 1, which is also a lot of, a game a lot of people really loved. And now they're building the sequel. And, and it's like, okay, we want to see growth. We want to see things get bigger. And uh, and and not just because um, we're gamers and we're demanding, which we are absolutely, but because it's it is sort of the implicit promise of what Microsoft is saying here. We are going out, getting these studios, and we are going to use our money to make them bigger and badder than ever. And uh, and we haven't fully realized that yet, but we are on that trajectory, and and we we, we do see it happen. Uh, you know, Deathloop, a, a, a game that also got delayed, and also Microsoft paid for that delay and provided the mentorship to make sure it got across the, the finish line. And, you know, a game that a lot of people did consider their game of the year. And Microsoft had a lot of examples of like like that last year. Uh, but we want to keep seeing it happen. And so when, when you talk about games like this and you start getting people excited and people who are working on the game are talking about it in glowing terms, uh, people begin putting their faith in like, hey, I, I spent $500, you know, 300 to $500 on a new gen console from you, Microsoft, because yeah. of these promises. Uh, I really do want most games that you're putting out to hit with me uh, because I've made an investment in you. Now it's time to show that you're making an investment in your games. Yeah. And I, I think that they've, uh, for the most part, have successfully done that. But we, there's a lot of studios and you like, you, we need to see a bigger sort of uh, body of work because there's a lot of studios and you want to see that every studio is moving in that bigger and badder direction. Uh, badder, of course, in the, you know, the badass. Yes. Term, yeah, you know. abs absolutely. <laughs> yes. Um yeah, okay, so listen, I, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, based on what we've seen, and we've seen Hellblade a couple of times. The first one was the trailer, you know, back at the Game Awards, uh, I believe it was 2019, right? That That's when we saw it, and everyone was blown away. Then, of course, uh, this past Game Awards, we got the official trailer, which we saw on the opening of the show, which was about 14 and a half minutes. That's a huge piece. That's a, that's a huge um uh, drop for the game awards specifically because well jeff Keeley does listen you love them like them or, or you're indifferent you can't argue how important the game awards are and have become to the industry they have be, he has become the standard in award shows and people are trying to including microsoft and sony trying to replicate that because even though they do shows in their own right the pace is always on point and has been in the last couple of years specifically during a covid era i don't even know how he was able to pull that off jeff to be honest with you but i want to talk about fable because uh, one of the things that we have heard recently, and, and, and I'm talking about recently this week, is that the game is moving moving along, but it's not moving as fast as they want to because of some of the difficulties that come with op doing an open world game mm -hmm. um, that Playground Games was not familiar with. Now, they have familiarity with, uh, with you know, Horizon. Horizon's an open world game, but it's cars, right? Um, right. They have hired people from Sony, Sony Santa Monica, people that worked on um, The Last of Us have joined the studio, people have that worked on and Ubisoft with Splinter Cell and that open world aspect have joined the team. They've hired recently some um, ex-Lionhead uh, 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 developers to join the fray. We're constantly seeing, hey, I'd say, just started my first day at uh, you know Playground. I've, so I saw three today, as a matter of fact. So they are on a hiring spree for you, I understand Hellblade is important. Ninja Theory is one of my favorites. I th I think them, Obsidian, and Playground are probably the three ones that jump off the page for me. And it just mm -hmm. so happened that they were all purchased at the same time, which is which is bonkers. Um, I got to talk about Fable because this is a game, this is a series, this is a, this is a, a franchise that has a trilogy under its belt that is beloved by many. And knowing that Microsoft went into the bag and brought back old IPs, and I've been a big proponent of that, Jeff. I've been saying that they need to do what Sony does and celebrate their IPs that they have on the back end. And Fable is one of them. We know it's coming. Do you have any concerns? Because, like I said, he he, you know, uh, Juan actually said that you know what they what they're doing over there is next level, and it's the best work they've ever yes. done. To me, that gets me excited. Do you have any concerns for Fable? Yeah, and, and they're the concerns that I think when you look around the industry, they're the kinds of current concerns that should occur to most people 
when you are um, looking at, uh, you know, again, the trajectory of, of like where games are going, especially open world games. I think that, um, you know, the obvious example, and it's going to come up all the time, everybody, I'm sorry, just like just like uh, Breath of the Wild. Elden Ring is uh, the game, that, a game that got it took a really long time and it obviously yeah. was a lot of effort. And I think that it's also sort. It was also sort of an inevitable game, where uh, a developer of that scale and that talent sits down to make an open world game. They're like, "What can we do to set ourselves apart?" Well, we could do we could do more of everything. It's a bigger world. There are more enemy varieties. Everything feels bespoke. Uh, we could just do so much. Like people are going to be expecting that. We got you know, Skyrim was ten years ago. We at least got to be at that threshold, right? And then it's like. Breath of the Wild is already five years ago now, and it's and Breath of the Wild uh, kind of did it in, in, in a different angle where they're like, okay, we're going to introduce a physics system that is uh, very sort of malleable in its ability to let you interact with the world. And in some ways, it's like one of the most realistic games ever made because you see a tree, you knock it down, turn it into a bridge, and, and then start a fire, and it, it spreads and all this stuff. It's like, so that's five and ten years ago for Zelda and for, and for Skyrim. Uh, to be sort of coming out five years later, at least, uh, from, from the, the, the latest of those games, you need to be doing stuff at least at that level, and then now you need to be moving it forward. And that is, a, it's a it's a tall order. There's a, there, there is a, um, a lot of thinking and consideration and time and money and talent that needs to go into that. And that is, it's, it's a tough thing. It's the kind of thing where it's like, when you set out to make a game like that, uh, I would be very, I, I would consider it very daunting. Um, now, Elden Ring was up to the challenge, uh, in, in my opinion, yeah. and and I think that uh, Fable can be as well, but it can be like there, it could also miss the mark if people are like, well, we need to like just get a product out at a certain point. You can't think about it that way. You really can't. You have like if you are making an, a big open world game, uh, by the time Fable comes out, you cannot just be putting out any old map game that feels like any old uh, uh, you know Assassin's Creed or Far Cry yes. or anything like that. You have got to be pushing the genre forward at this point because everyone is more than well versed in this genre. You, you everyone understands how it works, and if if if, if any of it feels formulaic. Uh, it will come back and and bite them in in the ass and I, and I think that they fully realize that and I think yep. they they are going to try to meet the challenge and and rise to it and go beyond uh, but that is something that they have to commit to and that is probably almost certainly why it's going to take a little bit longer because they are going to have to get to those certain levels the certain thresholds that we've already had with these games and now they need to figure out what the genre is going to look like in the future and they have to be part of defining that and. Um, I don't, I don't envy that task. It's something that I would struggle with. Uh, but I'm, I, I don't make games that, you know, they do. And I think they're, they're very good at it. So I, I have faith in their ability to pull that off. You know what? I'll say this, Jeff. Um, I, I got, again, you know, when you talk about Xbox, hard not to talk about PlayStation. It's that their direct competitor, especially yes. when you start talking about games that you see on the screen in front of you. Um, what I am hoping for is a similar track to what we saw with Guerrilla Games. Now, Guerrilla Games, notoriously, has always been known for Killzone. Not a great first-person shooter. Not at all. Uh, the first one was, was riddled with controversy because they showed a very, very different game, and then they put out a very, very different game. And for me, um, they, only, they never really hit, right? But, man, this is the team that brought us Horizon, uh, Zero Dawn, one of my favorite new IPs for PlayStation. Uh, I, 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 I'll come out and say it again. Um, Forbidden West didn't hit with me because of the bugs. It bothered me so much, especially with the hit boxes on the on the enemies, as well as the jumping to my death by accident uh, over twenty times in a particular tree uh, scenario. That I was oh, yeah, just like, you it. know, I yeah, I, I, I can't do this. And I jumped into Elden Ring and. Um, 172 in level, and I'm on 100 hours in, and I'm not a Souls guy at all. I all, but this game grabbed me. Oh yeah. But bringing it back, uh, Playground Games, their talent is on display, and we 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 saw it last year. Horizon Five just was a masterpiece. I I, I would even dare say that for me as a as a racing fan, it's up there with the burnout threes and the most wanted of the, of the world. And they have taken it to another level. I have a strong suspicion that they are going to deliver 
But I think, Jeff, uh, and I, I think you clarified it, but I, I'll, I'll ask again. This is a fable is a game that, in my opinion, cannot be rushed. This this is, you know, yes. you're, you're, you're reintroducing millions to this new franchise. It has to hit. There cannot be controversy. They cannot be like Horizon as great uh, as, as great looking as uh, uh, Forbidden West is. The game was marred in uh, controversy with bugs and then it got stomped by Elden Ring. Right. So we there's no need to rush it. If this game has to take another year and not release until 2024, let's just say, are you yeah. okay with that, Jeff? Yeah, it, absolutely. I think that um, you know, 2023 it, it has the benefit of having a lot of stuff that they were planning to release. Now, I, yes. I am of the mind that many, many of those games could slip to 2024. That is totally possible. And they could be in a situation that they're in this year where it's um it's 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 lighter they got the forza motorsport 8 and and redfall and starfield uh, games that i'm all all those games i'm looking forward to for one reason or another but that's like you know that's kind of the 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 the, the big you know top tier part of that and list and then also i mean it's right, an yeah, old ab- game to some but yeah no absolutely and i and I, people should not discount that when, it, when it's new to you it's new to you i win 100 on board with that but when it comes to uh new games that they are putting out this year it's you know it's, it's a shorter list now uh, i'm not too worried about that i think there's going to be plenty to play i think they're going to make a lot of moves with with the uh, game pass as well and they're going to i mean and they bought activision like they they know how to keep people <laughs> feeling good about spending that 500 on the box we talk about now yeah when we get to 2023 i do believe that they should be able to get into the, the thing people talk about is like one game per quarter the way 2023 was shaping up sort of internally if everything would have worked out with like roses and sunshine it would have been like one game every two months so yeah. they have they have room to spare where they're like okay if this game needs more time, that is more important because uh, every game we put out is still part of this statement. Every game we put out is still part of uh, telling the story of why people should feel good about getting an Xbox or getting an Xbox Game Pass, which for now is the same thing uh, because the number one way people are getting into Game Pass is through uh, getting an Xbox. So, uh, yeah, you, you you have to like that that story, that narrative is so crucial to get right to make make people feel good. It's so easy to uh, play to people's anxieties when one game comes out and it misses the mark. So you want to make sure you get everything right. And I think that um, Fable is a crucial one, right? It is uh, coming from a studio that has primarily done one thing and you want to let, you want to show everybody that not only can, can they transition, that they are, they are the crown jewel that everyone claims they are for Microsoft in terms of a studio. Uh, they are, they can be like the insomniac to, you know, to Sony as, as this is to Microsoft. Um, and I, and so give them time, let them figure it out. And it is such a, 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 a tough genre in terms of development that you also want to give them the room to experiment. I mean, it's happened with all of these games, right? I mean, Skyrim took a long time to come out and then uh, uh, Breath of the Wild got completely reworked. It was going to be one thing. And then halfway through development, they're like, we started messing around with this stuff, with this physics stuff. We we were going to have to like actually remake this game and delay it a couple of years. Sorry, everybody. And everyone looks around like, this is, what are you doing? This is terrible. What do you mean you're completely reworking the game? It's the right decision in the end. Uh, and, uh, and if, you know, if that's what Bethesda does, if that's what Nintendo does, uh, if that's what, um, uh, you know, From Software is doing with taking the, it's time to get Elden Ring out, uh, you have to be willing to do that as well and and show us that uh, while everyone believes that Game Pass is just a content farm where they just need content out there to keep people happy, uh, that's not really the case. It just turns out game, making games is difficult, so when people put stuff out, you're going to be there. You're going to be there to give them a soft landing if they need a place to go. Uh, but when it comes to your games, the thing that you are most, most concerned with is getting it right. And I think that they are on that path. And so, yeah, if it takes to 2024 to get it right, and that is that is way more worth it than just getting another name on a list. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. And like I said, it's, it's for me anyway, it, it's a franchise that is being re- remade. And, and, and I want it to be right. I want it to be one of those games that lives on past its initial release with expansions and things to keep people coming back to the world and exploring. That's the one thing about Elden Ring. Like even as, uh, and I and I hope, I don't want to say that I want it to be hard like Elden Ring because Elden Ring is difficult. I know some, you know, Souls traditional uh, traditionists are like, yeah, boom, you don't know what you're missing because Souls is much harder. I'm glad that it is what it is, but the discover discoverability of Elden Ring is something I want to see come 
to absolutely uh, fable because i want to be able to be excited looking around the next corner um but listen uh great way to open up the show uh i love talking fable i love talking hellblade uh but we you know i would like to get into jeff is um look last year's e3 Mm -hmm. And again, this is just my opinion. Please, if you agree or you disagree, it's perfectly okay. Um, I thought, uh, and now mind you, I've only been covering the game industry as as a content creator for four years. So I haven't been doing it a very long time. I've always watched it from the eyes of a fan. And last year was, in my opinion, probably Microsoft's best show in a decade. Potentially more. Easily one of the best ones. They had... Banger after banger after banger. The show uh, pace was just rocket solid. Um, and now, you know, COVID, we're, it's it's still a thing, right? Development is still hard, folks. Uh, you know, people are 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 not hanging. You know, it, the studio development isn't uh, as what it used to be. And I would imagine show production has restrictions as well. But they pulled that off during a very, very difficult time. So mm-hmm. now we got to talk about how do they reproduce magic again? And, you know, one of the things that we're, we're, that we're all wondering is what are they going to show? I, I mean, we would like to believe Avowed might get some, uh, some, some you know, some, uh, some time on the screen. Um, State of Decay 3, which I used for the thumbnail here. I'm very excited for me. I really want it to be bigger and better. I just wanted to have a single-player campaign. I, I get a lot of boos for that, Jeff. People boo me all the time. Hey, it's a multiplayer game. Don't put your peanut butter in my chocolate. I, I kind of like peanut butter and chocolate together. <laughs> so I, I'm asking for a single-player campaign. But we do know that Phil... Sarah Bond, Aaron Greenberg, even Matt Booty, who doesn't really get enough uh, time, you know, out in the open for everyone to listen to, have said that we have a ton of unannounced stuff. We know that there's there's stuff that's work they're working on. Um, Jeff, what do they have to do to recreate magic? Uh, and, and what could we expect from the big show? Because it is going to be their big show. I mean, E three is dead, right? Like the actual. ESRB, you know, E3 stuff is it's just no more. So it's going to be the Microsoft or the Xbox Bethesda showcase, uh, and still happen during. So I mean, I'm always going to call it E3. That's just because Same. it's 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 Same here. Old yeah, school. it's always going to be E3 because it's June, right? Even yep. though it's not E3, I'm interested to get your opinion on that. I mean, you know, what, what do you expect Microsoft to bring to the table? Yeah, I'll, I'll start with. Um, I agree with you about last year's showcase. I. Uh, I, you know, I'm not like this is not me bragging tooting my own horn, but I knew everything that was going to be in the show. Uh, I knew <laughs> I, awesome. like, I, had the, I had the full rundown, and I, uh, you know, and I chose not to share it. And if people want to go like check the receipts, like, no, you're just making that up. I told you what wouldn't be in the show, so I wouldn't ruin it, everybody. So go look at that tweet. I just told you what wouldn't be there, so you wouldn't get your hopes up. So when I said avowed wouldn't be there, and also all this other stuff, that's what I was doing, and I was trying to keep like you know you're going to find out it anyhow. So I didn't want to be the one spoiling it necessarily. Um, but but I bring that up to say uh. I knew it was going to be in it, and I thought the show was very, very good and entertaining, and it didn't matter. I had it all spoiled for me, and yet I was still enthralled (laughs) because I'm sitting there like, oh, this is just – it doesn't matter if you know what's coming, if you put on a good show with good pacing – and you tell people why these games are important and you make and you and you present them as these are important and you should care about them. It's 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 a tough thing to pull off. And uh, a lot of that comes down to, uh, you know, understanding that if it's the first time you're ever showing a game, it's it is OK to uh, show it as a CGI trailer, whatever they want, or in-game cinematic, whatever you want to use. Uh, but then when you have gameplay, show it. And I, I think what it came down to is is they were hard on themselves. I, I you know, the, what I heard internally was they were trying to put this show together, and uh, any time that they wanted to rely on CGI, uh, Phil Spencer was like, "We cannot, we cannot overdo that." Like, you know, the 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 line that I that stuck out to me was him saying to the people internally at this meeting, "Sony keeps coming with Game of the Year, so we have another CGI trailer," and him being very very frustrated by that, and that frustration showing off in the end product of how can we best present this? How can we uh, edit this in such a way that it is uh, the best possible showcase? And I think if they continue to be hard on themselves, 
Um, they will uh, come out of the like you know come out of the furnace or whatever a little bit more hardened and a little bit better. And uh, can they, they can they can build on what they did last year, and I think they will. In terms of what will actually be in the show, they're putting the show together now. I haven't heard this year's lineup. I so guessing uh, you know obviously it's going to be a lot of Starfield. Uh, absolutely, yeah. uh, I have heard that the show is going to be in June. Uh, but I, I guess, I, you know, people were like, oh, yeah, does that mean it's going to be uh, Bethesda and Xbox? I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess they could split it off again. But I think last year, the reason that Bethesda became part of the Xbox showcase is Bethesda's like, uh, we don't want to be in a situation where we have to, like, show off our games early. Can we just be part of the Xbox showcase so we can just bring the couple of games that are ready to show? And to me, that's the kind of thing that's going to be uh, a concern every year. If you don't have to carry your own show uh, I, uh, why would you? Why would you put yeah. yourself in that situation where you have to do all this extra work uh, to put something together? And and you know the Xbox Showcase was a major success last year, so I don't think they're going to mess with that formula too much. But they're I know for sure Xbox is planning something for June. Uh, they're asking around, trying to get big games in there, and I I, I think that if the, you know that's the case, Starfield's the anchor. You're going to show a ton of gameplay. This is going to be its coming out party. It's going to yeah. be. Uh, you know, com- coming out into society as a debutante or whatever, uh, and we're going <laughs> and, and 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 so you're going to spend a lot of time on that. What sort of hovers around it? It's going to be any one of the number of these of the games that we know already exist for the most part, and then I'm sure they'll have some surprises. Uh, but yeah, I think Avowed is is one that could easily show up there. Uh, I'm still of the mind that like. Yeah, I, I know Perfect Dark sounds like it's in trouble, but maybe it could it could still end up here. They might want to like just show signs of life or something like that. Um, and uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, Fable is probably unlikely because I think they will want to give like we're, yeah. we're just coming off Fort's Horizon. Right. So it's like, is Fable going to pop up here? Probably not. But Hellblade 2 seems very likely that it'll get another chance to uh to pop off here because I, I i know it was just six months from the, the at that point it'll be like about six months since we saw the gameplay reveal at the game awards but i still think they will like want to continue picking up that marketing and be like this is a big game you got to care care about big game you got to care about yeah. uh but yeah and, and then it's going to come down to the surprises right uh, like giving us updates on games we already know about is is crucial and that'll be sort of the backbone of the show and if starfield looks good everyone's going to come out of that show feeling pretty good right but uh, in terms of putting it over the top, you got to surprise us at some point. And uh, Microsoft's going to have a lot of games at this point uh, of, of this E3 that they have already announced but haven't released yet. And that's a tough situation to be in when you are and, and when you want to also then announce new games. Because at a certain point, people will be like, well, you haven't even released Fable and Avowed and, yeah. and, and, and Perfect Dark and all these other games, this whole list of games. And uh, you, now you want us to get excited about more stuff that you're promising. But I still think for an E3, an, an E3 environment, you want to come in strong and you do want to say, hey, we are still looking forward to the future. And Microsoft is not Sony and Nintendo doing a state of play every couple of months. And and they're not doing, uh, you know, Nintendo Directs every couple of months. Yeah. They've got one big showcase per year. And I think it's worked out for them really well last year. Where It's going to be a year now. And, you know, it, you, you showed up at the Game Awards a little bit. But now it's a whole year since your last big showcase. Uh, we kind of have been waiting and you need to come with the come with the whole the whole package and just come yeah. with everything and I, I think i think they will i think they know i think it took them a long time to learn the lessons to make it put together a good e3 showcase uh but they seem to learn them last year and i think they could build on it for this year yeah i, I like what you're putting down uh and i and agree with you I, I listen uh you're right um i you know a lot of people dig the constant sony state of play 20 minutes right you get in get a game uh, loved what they did with Harry Potter. Uh, we got a chance to see what Hogwarts, I keep calling him Harry Potter, yeah, Hogwarts same. Legacy. Um, that game looks amazing. Uh, and the fact that you're going to be able to, it's a game I think people are going to replay four times because everyone's going to want to do all the houses. So every time you do something different, it's logistically going to change the story. I think that if the game turns out the way I think it's going to turn out, it's going to be in the game of the year conversation because it's such a popular IP. Um, I, I love. This, that that you you're talking about that you know because they only have this one big show that they must deliver. I think uh, a lot of people don't know this about Phil Spencer, uh, and I don't know why you wouldn't if you're a fan of him. He takes this stuff extremely serious, Jeff. He like, does. He really Absolutely. gets upset when things don't hit. He feels really bad when the people are saying negative things specifically of oh another CG trailer. Yes, he Wonderful. very much takes this. that to heart. He, he takes does. it to heart and now, and because it he's a, 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 
a gamer like us. Mm-hmm. He's, he's literally one of us, except he makes a lot more money than us because he's <laughs> running Microsoft. Speak for yourself. I'm a games journalist in an ivory tower. Please, please. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> there are there are two games that a lot of people in the chat are asking for. Yes. And one of which is this fantasy horror game by Compulsion. And if you remember, Jeff, a couple of years ago, Phil Spencer was interviewed and he was specifically asked, what one game that you haven't shown off are you the most excited for? And he said, can I pick two? And the second one was Perfect Dark, which we've seen, right? We've yes. Well, we've seen a, a trailer and, you know, obviously I have, a, listen, I have, complete faith in uh crystal dynamics i think they are going to really do something special and uh you know uh the the leadership there i know there's a lot of people that are upset that all these people left and it was it was a bit of a black eye but but take nothing away from the leadership that's still there that has worked at crystal dynamics it's going to be something special even if it takes some time to come out take as much time as you want but this first game that he mentioned was compulsions game yeah. And this is a game because originally it was it was it was you know touted as being a BioShock meets Uncharted. And then we heard that it has a fantasy over, you know a fantasy overlay. Listen, I know a lot of people didn't dig We Happy Few, but this is coming from an indie studio. This this they had no funding. They were limited to what they were they could do. Now with the full backing of Microsoft being first party i i'm expecting big do we see compulsion games have their coming out parties hey this is what we've been working on at this year's e3 yeah i think it's time it's uh that is one of the games that in uh in 2021 uh was part of the internal tracking for coming out in 2023 that i heard about so i think that it's it's probably time I, and it's it's the kind of thing where you can come out announce it. it should probably still be mostly a surprise at that point um and and then yeah you should if it's as good as, as phil spencer is promising it should be a very uh uh positive thing to add, add to their sort of their presentation um you know if it gets its first first trailer it probably will still be a cgi trailer almost certainly um but that's that's also fine i think when you are first announcing a game that's fine uh but but yes that the timing for that should be this e3 to maybe the game awards is when we should first hear about that for sure so if it's not at e3 i would expect to hear about it before the end of the year uh but yeah i it's it's the, one of those games that i think is is slowly work coming along pretty quickly uh and the timing on that is it's been a few years since we've heard anything from compulsion it yeah. is one of those studios that has flown under sort of it, it's been in stealth mode while a lot of other stuff that we know what these other studios are working on it's been announced in some cases way too early they've been able to avoid that here uh but now might be the time to to shoot now again this is assuming that uh they, they do want to have like that that full breadth of an e3 showcase which i think they probably do uh, but they also this year they got they still do have Redfall, which probably won't be out by the time June comes. It feels like, and then um, uh, Starfield is is going to be a, a massive thing, and so they're going to spend a lot of time trying to sell these games that are coming out for sure this year. And they haven't talked a lot about either of them yet, and so they're gonna there's gonna be a lot of time dedicated to that stuff. And if they don't feel like they have to show something and it's not ready, they won't. Uh, and and that, in that case, I do think the the compulsions game could slip slip into later this year in terms of getting announced. But it's it's uh, that would be it's awesome. imminent. It's yeah. imminent. Now the other game I want to talk about is what I said in the opening, and that's Stay of Decay Three. Now we know that they're using Unreal Engine Five, yeah. which is amazing. Uh, the CG trailer that I saw surprised me. Uh, the female protagonist that was you know walking through the woods and they did a lot of close ups on her looked amazing. And I get, I understand it's CG. But the, for me, now seeing that the animals are affected uh, really changes the gameplay. Because, you know, you could be walking through and you get attacked by a zombie bear. That frightens the hell out of me more so than the big fat guy running around that throws up on you. You know what I'm saying? Because Absolutely. a bear is quick and it will it will kill you. Um, this is another studio. These two particular, I mean, it's crazy how we're coming into, we're coming around in a full circle, uh, Jeff. All the studios we talked about today were announced in 2018, which is at E3. And and I think for me, when I talk about 
uh, Xbox and where I feel there's a turning point for the entire package, it's that E3. Yes. Pre-E3 2018, very different Microsoft. Post-E3, holy cow, it's it, this this is the same people? Are you kidding me? And this is we knew mm-hmm. that that we saw that turn because that's when Phil got the promotion that he that he uh, that he now has shed that skin and now he's now the head of Microsoft gaming. But yep. we saw the turn. Stave the K3 has been in development for quite some time. They've done some big hiring sprees. We've seen a lot of stuff on LinkedIn. How likely are we to see this game that's maybe not uh, CG that we may get some gameplay. I mean, it was announced that they bought them in twenty uh, in twenty eighteen. We knew that they had just finished two, and they were potentially you know doing some work on the uh, you know the DLC for that for that game. But they've been must have been working on this game three four years, Jeff. Yeah, they have. But this is a studio that has also had some of the those big exits, and this is not like um, exactly what's happening uh, with the initiative and Perfect Dark. It was. Uh, you know the the founder of the studio who was uh whose name I can't remember at the moment but he the basically the the creative sort of light of that studio uh he, he left to start his own thing it's an it's a new studio that's like actually completely remote and it attracted a lot of talent from the studio so he brought some like key people with them and a lot of people are very excited about what's going on over there now I remember when this happened uh the, that the, you know the people who were left at 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 uh at, at the studio working on State of Decay three uh they were feeling very defiant like okay. So we're getting left with this and and you're gonna go get out of here. Well, you know what? We are gonna promise to ourselves that we're gonna make State of the K3 as good as possible and, and, and you know as great as possible. And so um I, I was very like encouraged by that. Like, oh, these people aren't gonna like just take it lying down. They're gonna go back and go back in the studio, try to hire back up and, and get to work on this thing. That said, hiring hiring back up is like when even at that time was very difficult, very high, hard to come by talent. So I wouldn't be surprised if that introduced a, a hiccup. In a lot of cases, a lot of times, key people leave. Things mostly continue pretty smoothly. But these people were, were at the very tippy top of, of, of the creative decision-making process. And then at the same time, the hiring situation was really tough. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that threw just a little bit of a wrench in the works and uh, caused things to get delayed a little bit. So there's a, a maybe a, a good chance we won't hear about it at E3. And uh, then also maybe I could, could be I could be completely wrong. Maybe it's ready to show. Maybe that's why people felt good about leaving because it was in a good state. That's not what I necessarily heard, but I didn't hear that it was like uh, uh, you know years away either. So um, I, I think that they it, it, there, there's a possibility it could show up. I think if it does, uh, I think it's going to try to make a strong statement because they want to assure fans that it's in a good state um, and and that it's in good hands now. Uh, but but yeah, I, I I don't know for sure if it'll show up here. I mean, listen, when you have a studio head leave, it's it's always difficult, right? So, someone yeah. in the ranks is going to step up and take yes. over that leadership position. Where and, and as a leader, you have these people you depend on to be uh, your representative when they're not there. So I'm sure that they were able to pivot and put someone that not only as is as passionate as the former head was, but knew exactly the direction that they wanted to go in. Uh, what, what what are your what are your personal takes on the game necessarily needing a single player campaign? Kind of like maybe um, the Sony uh, game uh, 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 Days Gone. Like I know Days Gone is very different. I don't want a Days Gone, right. uh, you know, uh, a game. What what I want is it to uh, you know celebrate its multiplayer, but also potentially offer something new. Maybe a single player campaign that is, you know, gives people an introduction into the world, into the game, into the mechanics and tell the story of this female protagonist that they showed as a CG trailer a couple of years ago. Yeah, I think that it's a a, a good a good idea overall because um, yes, it is a game that people are supposed to play together. But there's a lot of elements to State of Decay that is about um sort of emergent storytelling and yeah. and having characters that are like that come out of nowhere and uh sort of being like this this zombie sandbox sort yes. of thing and um i think that there's a lot of room to enable like a single player to to come out and and and, and basically do, do that same sort of storytelling on their own and um letting people have more control over the sandbox and and sort of what happens and 
I, I, I think that if they want to build a campaign sort of around encouraging people that's to, to mess around with that sort of emerging gameplay, uh, that they could seal uh, you know big dividends from like trying to encourage that sort of thing. Um, I, I also, you know, I, I understand when people will come back to you and say, oh, yeah, I've always played this multiplayer it is the way it was obviously intended to be played and they shouldn't change that. I get that. Uh, but I'm I'm someone who's like also is like okay I I want to mess around with these sandbox uh, elements and I want to tell my own stories and I want to see like what, what I can ha- make emerge and uh, then I want to just go my multiplayer at that point would be like then taking my experience and go telling my friends oh this is what happened to me I did this and then this happened and what happened to you when you were playing and stuff like that I think that that is um, just as valid uh, as 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 actually having a um, you know cooperative multiplayer happening at the same time. Um, but I, I don't know. At the end, it's going to come down to what the development team uh, thinks is best for the game. And I, I, uh, I think these days, a single-player campaign makes a lot of sense, uh, as long as it's not taking too much resources away from the multiplayer core that people have come to know and love, which, you know, my understanding would be like, Microsoft has the resources to enable both, right? So why yeah. not get both? Well, one of the things that I love about Microsoft is that, you know, it's, it, it's safe to assume that they, when they do stuff multiplayer, it's, it's going to hit. And they're good. They're really good at it. What what's been some you know some some questionable uh, development choices in, in in past years that a lot of people are asking and, and hoping for is more single player content. See, because I'm a lot older than a lot of people in the chat. I'm going to be 52 this year, right? So I come from an era where it really was only single player games, and I'm a little selfish like that. As much as I love Titanfall. As much as I enjoyed the division and destiny playing multiplayer, I do like sitting back and playing a game like Senua's Saga or you know or, or Hellblade One, for instance. I, I like me being invested in the character. Uh, and State of Decay, when I, I put sixty hours into the first, uh, into State of Decay Two, which I absolutely love, Jeff, but I only played that single player. Like I literally spent 60 hours by myself and quite enjoyed it. Yep. Uh, and I'm hoping that they make something that is uh, as, as, as stout, if you will, as what they what they what we expect them to deliver multiplayer. I would really love to see the world open up because it is a world filled with lore that we don't know about. Yeah. So I, I hope that in fact happens. But you know, Jeff, you said that they were going around. And speaking uh, to, to get big games in there. Now, I would imagine that, yes, they are talking internally. But E3, as we know, is also celebrated by big third-party deals that Microsoft has the potential to do. And, you know, we've seen yeah. Sony continue money-hatting, um, you know, these games. And, uh, you know, to be honest with you, I'm not saying that Microsoft should uh, follow suit. I'm saying that... Have you maybe heard any big third-party games being on the Microsoft stage? Uh, not, not confirmed yet. I and, and I, it's just talks so far. And um, a lot of I think a lot of third parties are uh, they're considering it. But the thing that that is difficult for both Sony and Microsoft is that uh, th- the third parties are very good at speaking to the audience that owns PlayStation and Xboxes. Uh, they don't feel a need to. Uh, necessarily get to to, to be um, a small part of a bigger show Uh, they could be the big thing in a smaller show and um, and when they do so they know that the people who own xboxes and who own playstations will show up and watch and be very easy to reach out to Uh, that that is um, different for nintendo nintendo is, is very good at speaking to its audience very few other companies are good at that so when you have a game like i remember uh, apex legends was coming out and they're like we really want to get in a direct because we don't know how to talk to a nintendo audience otherwise and that's why <laughs> nintendo nintendo directs always seem to have that energy of like oh man a lot of people like came together for this show and like try to get their stuff in there that's pretty good and that's why state of play sometimes come up short because a lot of studios are like ah we're fine we'll announce it on our on our own time um i do think that that will continue to be a problem for uh for this e3 um in, in terms of third party only i think if it comes to like first party and when uh, and worldwide publishing stuff, um, Microsoft's going to have a pretty easy time of filling up uh, the uh, an hour hour and a half. But I do think they want to try to get like um, yeah, I, I think if they could have like got like uh, Dead Space or whatever last year, they would have happily done that. Like yeah. and then, uh, and they're probably looking for that sort of range of game this year. But I, I there's probably not a ton to choose from. Is probably going to be the big issue. 
Yeah, yeah. A lot of the stuff has released. We don't know. A lot of the stuff has been delayed publicly from a lot of these companies. So you, you might you the the the, the pickings may be slim, so to speak. Yes, I think so. Um, and you know something, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I'm not saying I I'm happy that there's delays. Of course, nobody likes delays. But to be honest with you, if Microsoft Show is steamrolled by their own first party, and it's and it's and it's a real coming out party for you know, their internal studios, I'm going to be very happy because we get a chance to be, you know, see what's coming out uh, this year, which Redfall is, is just something that we've, a lot of people take with that, that compressed video that leaked. Trust me, that's not the game. This is the same team that brought you Deathloop and Dishonored 1 and 2 and Prey. They're an amazing studio. They're going to deliver Redfall. Redfall is going to be another cult classic. So don't go based on that. Have you heard any rumblings of that? Because I know, you, I think you said it earlier. It's supposed to come out in the summer. I, I don't know if it does. Uh, I don't. We, think- we would have seen something by now, right? I mean, yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's it's March. Uh, we it's spring. Like you know, in the last couple of days, it became spring. So uh, <laughs> we are a couple months away from summer beginning. Now, of course, summer can mean late summer, and I think it probably always meant late summer. But um, even in that case, we I think we would have saw we we, we would have seen gameplay. Uh, at like the game awards if it was really coming uh like six months later right um even for like a bethesda published game even for like a studio that is like maybe looking to the model of of bethesda game studios um we are uh rapidly approaching the point where uh, like a six months six month marketing time frame would still make sense sense for summer now maybe it'll like pop off at any second uh but I, i think it's the kind of game that um they're like, okay, you know, it's close, it's close, it's close. Are we ready? Are we ready? Can we show something? No, let's just wait a little bit longer when we come out. We want to have that release date. We want to have all the information for people. Uh, let's just wait until we're sure. And it could easily just, it could bounce into fall and it would just not be a, that big of a deal because it's still going to be this fiscal year. It's still not going to be that long of a wait. Yeah. Um, this year's already flying by. And then they have um, another strong holiday of, Forza Motorsport, Redfall, Starfield. Uh, you just place those games every like every two months or so through the end of this year, or every month and a half throughout the end of this year. Uh, or if you have to stack them up like you did like uh, Forza and um, yep. and Halo, you do that too. It's not it's Game Pass. These things aren't really competing in the same way that they used to. So you could do that. Um, I, I think I, that easily could happen. I would I would love to have Redfall sooner rather than later, but also um, we've seen it repeatedly now. Microsoft gives them the time and the money they need to get over the hump at the end. And yeah. uh, and one thing, like, you know, people have ever watched that God of War documentary. One thing that became clear is games don't really get over the hump until those last few weeks. Games don't really congeal and come together into something that is considered for game of the year until those last few weeks. And people are uh, like, man, what are, are they? They're like, are we really doing the right thing? This doesn't feel right. Things haven't come together. And you really need to have everything. You need to have all the voice acting, all, all the uh, the sound effects working correctly, all that that game feel to get f- super finely tuned. And uh, and taking extra time to get that stuff right uh, can really make a difference. It can really push stuff over the edge. And I think that they are uh, probably eyeing that pretty hard with like what what is the time like the time like for, timeline for that going to be for Redfall? I think it's one thing when it's Starfield, and I think they knew like let's give it like a whole year of fine tuning and yeah. making sure that we are squashing as many bugs as we possibly can, so we can avoid a Fallout seventy six situation as hard as we possibly can. I do believe that's kind of what where they've been with Starfield of just like finally tuning it as as long as possible. Uh, but Redfall, it's like, oh yeah, this is a game from Arcane. They should be good. But you know, if it's if it's a B right now, and you want as many of your games as possible to be A's, A pluses, yeah. uh, you easily just give it an extra three months, an extra six months in some cases. And you know, okay, the game comes out in December. It's it's Game Pass. That doesn't matter so much. It's fine. You can release it in December. It'll be fine. So we'll see. I mean, I I know again. Like not like to say the sky is falling, but we would have heard about, we would have seen gameplay by now if it was coming out in like early summer. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. Just right, and some people are asking what are in the chat. First of all, I want to thank we have Jeff. We have almost four hundred people here, which yeah, is thanks for watching, everybody. Huge. So thank you, everyone. I normally what I like to do is say hello individually in the chat because it's one on one and because I have to show run and also you know present the question. Oh, yeah. I, I can't do it, so I apologize. A couple of super chats that I will talk about on. Friday mornings, uh, breakfast at boom. Uh, I do have one final uh, question, Jeff, before we get you out of here. Um, now, if anyone that's new to the channel, I ask that you please consider subscribing. 
if you are a fan, and I hate to say that because I'm almost embarrassed of fans, I just if you support the channel by the views, uh, you're going to probably be yawning right now. But I, I have to ask you, Jeff, my heart has been throbbing to hear anything about whether or not Microsoft is going to bring back both Killer Instinct um, and Banjo-Kazooie. Now, Banjo-Kazooie for me, I, I'm a platform guy. Uh, I know a lot of people did not dig Super Lucky's Tale. I beat both versions. Uh, I loved it. Um, I still go back and play Banjo Kazooie, and it doesn't really look good. I started playing three again. Not a, not a uh, not three. Um, nuts and bolts. Nuts and bolts. Not yes. not a not a great game. But I still I like it a lot. But I understand why. If you are a platformer lover at heart, it's not exactly your jam. I get that. Yeah. So so listen, Phil knows. If anything, would Phil Spencer. He understands and both appreciates gaming from where it came from. His respect yeah. for uh, where gaming was at one point and where it is and where it is eventually going to be is something that really makes me excited uh, and to be a fan of Phil Spencer. What are the chances one or both of these games show up as a surprise at E3? Like, you know, we've heard some rumblings. I know, uh, you know, obviously you're a good friend of, a special Nick and John over at the Xbox era. Yes. Um, and uh, Nick had heard uh, there's been some rumblings about who is going to do it. You know, uh, you know, we, uh, obviously NetherRealm Studios would be my choice. You know, and we know Ed Boone has, I mean, that guy tweets about Killer Instinct. Like he, like he literally owns the IP. It's crazy how much he talks about it. And you know, we don't know if that's happening. Uh, we've heard Bandai Namco uh, and Bandai, obviously, you know, with Tekken and Soul Calibur, not not, and not Smash and, Brothers, and, and, which they're and, done with. Yes, which they're done with the Smash Brothers. Not a bad studio to be making your next Killer Instinct. Yep. Uh, but Banjo Kazooie, listen, I know that Phil has talked about it publicly, where they need the right team. Yes, that's to the make problem. the right game. Uh, Toys for Bob is a part of this Activision deal. They're not owned yet. Uh, you know that's looking more likely that like the deal is going to go through even though they asked for a second look and folks give you the heads up uh hogue law is going to be joining us for the first 30 minutes of breakfast with boom to talk about uh what the board is going to be doing and how they're going to be voting uh which is the 28th of april and the uh, and and that result of the vote is going to be on may 4th and then what the second looks like so don't miss the first half hour of friday morning show if you want to hear what hogue has to say but Jeff, bringing it back around to these two IPs, man, a am I ever going to uh, get my heart unbroken? Ever uh, is is being the operative word there. <laughs> I, I mean, I think that your heart will eventually be mended. Yes, for both of these franchises uh, on on an infinite timeline. Yes, uh, <laughs> Killer Killer Instinct is is definitely something they are interested in making making happen. I remember um, I remember hearing about this from Nick originally, and then separately hearing from an own source my own source that yes they want to do it and the issue is that iron galaxy who would have been the obvious choice was too busy and they couldn't right. do it and obviously we know now they were working on that that wrestling uh, battle royale game that looks like a lot of fun i haven't played it yet but it looks like a lot of fun i guess so i i get it they're, they're busy doing their own thing and they have a deal with epic and they're, they're working on that so uh they're just they were sort of left in the lurch without a studio to go to but they are looking for a studio to go to and i think that um I, I really like the Bandai Namco idea. I think that's um, uh, the kind of thing where, hey, you just say you are, you've done so much work for higher work. We really like what you did with, with, with Smash Brothers. Um, you know, can you sort of adapt your style to what we need for Killer Instinct? And that sort of solves the problem right there. I don't know if that's happening, um, but if it, do, if it does happen, it is the kind of thing that I think you could maybe announce at E3 this year and have that game out in the next year and a half or something like that. Like that wouldn't necessarily need um five years of development they yeah. they could they could come up with something and start small and grow it over time and as they did with the last killer instinct um uh as far as banjo goes though that i mean the obvious problem is the one you you identified who makes that game uh rare now, doesn't want to do it and we know that and you can't blame yes. them they're doing their own thing Yes, that rare has changed into what it is and it's just not going to go back uh and the people are like oh double fine double fine's doing its own thing as well yeah um, I think that uh, Toys for Bob does make a lot of sense. I think that the likely thing to happen there is if they haven't found a studio by the time that Toys for Bob and Activision are settled in like uh, internally, uh, first the, the, the everyone will have to recognize that they are these are separate entities in terms of like how they are going to operate 
And um, I, I, I think I'll probably talk about this on uh, Grub Snacks tomorrow, but because I don't think I got into too far into it in a previous episode, even though it's uh, info I've had for a while, it's going to be very difficult for like someone from uh, a Microsoft game studio to move over, even or like a Bethesda game studio to move over to Activision because they are they count things different, or, like the accounting yeah. is different, everything. It's going to be like a, a big headache, and it's not, and like your uh, seniority won't transfer in any obvious way. Um, so, uh, but that doesn't mean that they won't try to figure it out to like, okay, well, let's move this this Microsoft longtime owned uh, property of Banjo now over to Toys for Bob and let them do something. I think if they do do that though, the obvious first thing is a uh, 3D, a full 3D remake, similar yes. you know, to what they did with um, uh, Spyro and what they did with Crash. Yes. And those games sold very well. So to me, it makes, a, it makes a lot of sense. You do that first and then you make a new Banjo game after that. That, you know, if they do find a studio before this stuff gets settled though, and that's possible, uh, the, the Super Lucky's Tale, I can't remember the name of that studio. I almost would be the like- Playful, play, playful, playful, playful. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, the one I would have went to, Jeff, and I'm very surprised they haven't, is Platonic. Like, uh, Platonic, yeah. as you know, is like 90% Many of the staff. Of, they're, yeah. they're all ex-Rare guys. They all, the uh, guys, uh, you know, developers, you know, guys and gals, and they worked on Banjo-Kazooie. I, I again, I, I know that it's tough, Microsoft, they're a little gun shy when it comes to let's take a first party IP, gave it to a third party developer, and look what happened with Iron Galaxy. Perfect example. Yep. They're hung up doing something for Epic, and now there's no one to make a game. So they don't own them. Yep. And it, it's like, you know, that's just the reason that they are investing in and buying so many studios so they can count on what, what is going to come down the pipeline. And, uh, and yeah, so, but, you know, that being said, like, the, sometimes you are going to have to partner, partner with these studios and make this stuff work. And I think Banjo might be just the, the, the right IP to sort of try to finagle that and make that happen. Now, again, studios are already so busy. Studios are in such high demand. Uh, the reason they're all getting bought up is because it's uh, the talent at these studios is, is you know, worth a lot of money to a lot of people. So that is why something like, you know, Iron Galaxy does end up working on their own thing because they were able to get a really great deal from Epic and, and, and make that happen on, on their own terms. And um, maybe that's something that's difficult for Microsoft to keep up with. So um, I, I think our likely scenario, the most likely scenario with Banjo is in a couple years, we will hear something has, is happening with one of those great 3D platforming studios that Activision is bringing. That, that Activision was uh, basically uh, uh, ignoring and, and abusing yeah. by putting them on Call of Duty or whatever. So let's, re rescuing them, letting them make a Banjo game, everyone wins, everyone feels good about that. Um, I think that is the eventual outcome here, but that's going to take a few years. Yeah, you know, I like you know what I what I like is what you said about the remake. Uh, I would love to see uh, Banjo One potentially receive us, uh, like you said, with Crash. The Crash remake was incredible. The Spyro remake was incredible. Um, and you talk about remakes, you got to talk about Resident Evil Two, right? Uh, Capcom uh, put out. It, it, I literally moved up as for me, my top five number one game was Resident Two. 98 it has now been replaced with Resident 2 uh, 19 and Resident 2 98 being second because that's my favorite franchise. Yeah. Banjo-Kazooie is, a, is, is a, a, an IP that deserves that kind of love and attention and care. And Toys for Bob is on a very talented platform team. And uh, even if it takes a couple of years... Just get it done. Uh, men booms hearts. If anyone's listening from Microsoft, please, for the love of Joe, I need this game in my life. Uh, but <laughs> Jeff, that is our hour, brother. Thank Ooh. you so much for being here. Absolutely. I to get you in and out. I want you to do me a favor before we get we close out and you see the uh, credits rolling. You got to sell your brand. You got to tell sure. everyone where they can reach out to uh, Jeff Grubb on social media. But more importantly, what live content are you doing weekly and where could people actually catch the show live at giant bomb how do they do that yeah so actually the yeah i've been doing the show for a while now called grub snacks uh yes. it was it was locked behind a paywall for a while now you could watch the show live as it happens the full thing on twitch twitch.tv slash giant bomb but if you want to interact, if you want to ask questions, if you want to get your question read, uh, most of them do, uh, even though a lot come in, they're like most of the show spent, like spent on answering questions. You got to go to giantbomb.com slash premium, sign up and stuff and get in there. Become a member. There's a ton of content over there. You should definitely do it. Uh, but uh, but yeah, if you want to like, keep up with everything I'm doing, a great way to do it is, is actually uh, not even like Twitter, Discord, discord.gg slash game mess. We got the game mess. 
where we try to keep try to keep track of what's happening in gaming, try to keep track of what is uh, is coming up in terms of announcements as E3 continues to disintegrate before our very eyes. We try to like do our do our best to like keep everybody like feeling good about understanding where they need to be to see the next big announcement. Uh, but it's also a great community. We have hundreds of members, people hanging out all the time. We play, we have game nights all the time. We play Halo like once a week. We play Mario Kart once per week. It's it's a great nice. way. To, and I'm I'm in there, and all this stuff gets posted whenever I post it live. So it's like if you want to be part of like the community that we're building, and we're trying to make it even bigger and better. I'm I'm, I'm moving over um, close to to Mike. Actually, we're gonna be moving close. I'm gonna be like kind of like an hour away. So wow. like once a month, we're gonna start doing like stuff in person. I'm gonna build nice. a studio in my new basement and stuff. So. I'm, uh, I'm really looking forward to that. So if you want to be a part of that from the ground level as we continue to build Game Mess, uh, just head over to discord.gg slash Game Mess. Uh, well, thank you so much. And uh, thank you, appreciate you being a part of this. Obviously, once E3 has come and gone, if you would like an invitation back so we can kind of discuss Please. what exactly happened, we'll bring you back on Xbox. I do like this one-on-one format. Uh, I know that a lot of people threw some super chats in. Trust me, uh, I did not. They didn't fall on deaf ears. I will get to them and talk about them tomorrow. I mean, uh, on Friday mornings, breakfast at Boom. I want to thank uh, the near 400 people we had here, and of course. Uh, the support that comes in uh, obviously allows Mrs. Boomstick and I to do the giveaways, and that 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 happens through channel membership and super chats. And uh, we want to thank you so much for that. But of course, I'm going to close out the show with something that is important to me, folks. Hopefully, one day it'll be important to you. And that's something that our dad taught us when we were kids, and he said, "Son, treat others how you want to be treated, and also it doesn't cost anything to be nice. You live by those rules, and I can guarantee you, you're going to have an awesome day. So take care, everyone, and we'll see you next." Next week on the newest episode of X Vlog Live.